Hello and welcome to the Conservative Crusader. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for tuning in this early morning on this Wednesday, the middle of the week, the best day of the week, in my opinion, besides Friday, of course. So Hillary Clinton has tested positive for COVID. Jen Psaki has tested positive for COVID again another time in four months after she's triple vaccinated. Vaccinated. Uh, Doug Imhoff, the second gentleman, has tested positive for COVID, and so have the Ob- so have the Obamas. They're all triple vaccinated. COVID has basically died down everywhere else, but in these elite circles, mandates are gone. Everything like that are are, are gone. And now, now all these elites are testing positive. They know if they lock down again that they'll lose votes. They'll lose the support of the majority of Americans. And they will lose even worse in the House and the Senate. As well as governorships and local state races. They also know that if they need a story to cover up everything else going in the news, something that the elites are doing or having done to the elites is a good way to cover it up. And what's in the news right now that will be really want that will really want to be covered up by the party in power? The Hunter Biden story, which we talked about just a few days ago, that's finally been released from the New York Times. They're trying to cover it up as as well as they can, and this is a good way to do that. It's a good way to do it because it's it's getting in the news cycle. Like I'm talking about it right now, but it's getting in the news cycle, taking away time from Hunter Biden. Some people have been telling the truth about Ukraine and Russia. Uh, UnwokeNarrative.com, which I'm not a subscriber to, but I have seen a lot of, put out this great thing that'll be in the show notes below that talks about the differences between Ukraine and Russia, and there's only one difference. And the only one difference is that Russia is not portrayed as a haven of freedom. It's the only difference. And these big stories going on in the news are being overshadowed by Hillary Clinton and Jen Psaki and the and Doug Emhoff and Obama testing positive for COVID. That's the goal. The goal is to hide what's going on from you and put more saturate the news cycle full of more and more news. Right now the um Supreme Court nominee from Biden said that she doesn't know what a woman is because she's not a biologist. She can't describe what a woman is. A two-year-old can describe what a woman is. I can describe what a woman is. It's someone with female reproductive organs. And someone who was born as a female. In this news, which will substantially tank the ratings out of the far-left circles, not counting the far-left circles, of Judge Kanjanti Brown-Jackson. The news in Ukraine and Russia, which will obviously tank the Biden administration. And the news about Hunter Biden, which will obviously take tank Biden and the Democratic Party and the mainstream media. is all. It's all happening right now. In the Democratic Party and Kamala Harris and her husband and all of these people need to find a way to cover it up. Because without getting elected, these people have no career, obviously. And right now, the Democratic Party will not have good numbers at all. Gas prices are spiking. All of this news is coming out 
around this time. Gas prices, crude oil has gone down, but gas prices have stayed the same. This is all coming out now. And even though that it is, they have to find a way to try to cover it up. Right? I mean, you don't want the news cycle to be saturated full of news that's going to hurt you. So, they're just going to try to cover it up. Do I believe Hillary Clinton actually has COVID? Maybe. Do I believe Doug Imhoff actually has COVID? Maybe. Do I believe Obama actually has COVID? Maybe. Do I believe Jen Psaki has COVID? Absolutely not. Let me see here. Jen Psaki COVID. I was trying to avoid talking about articles in in the beginning part. This is from CNN, so it's probably not going to cover up the fact that she had it four months ago. Uh, She took a PCR test um, Wednesday, I think it was. Tuesday. Um, It doesn't actually say when... She tested positive for COVID. But I know that it was like four months ago she tested positive for COVID. We all remember this news news story already, right? This is not a new story. This is not a new news story in the cycle. I mean, this has already happened. We've already heard about this. But to cover up what's going on with Hunter Biden, they're like, how can we... Save little redhead from going on the trip. Little red, red ride, lying hood. Little red lying hood. That's a very tongue twister sort of statement. Keep her from going to Washington. Or not Washington. Keep her from going to Europe and keep making a fool of herself. How can we hide the news about Hunter Biden a little bit more? How can we hide this and that from the American people? That's by having her test positive for COVID. Same with Clinton. Same with Obama, same with Doug Imhoff. The end of game is always to hide things from the American people. That will always be the end game of every politician because they make more money that way. If they don't see how, if you don't see how they're making money, and you don't see what they're doing, they will continue to make money. They will continue to do what they're doing when it directly directly hurts you. And it's all a cover-up. It's all a plan to cover up. It's all part of the plan. I'm I'm not not getting queuing on. But it's all all part of their plan to cover up what's going on in the media, what's going on in the nation, what's going on in the world from you, and and saturate the news cycle with things that CNN can warmonger all day. They can put put their new calendar back on the screen that says how many elites have COVID, because that's all that matters in this nation. They can have a new segment with... Uh, Kathy Hochul about how they're putting all the COVID positive back in the nursing home on whoever took over for Chris Cuomo. Because they can saturate the news and keep Hunter Biden out of the news. Keep Russia out of the news. It's all their plan. This is all planned. If the vaccine was truly effective, they wouldn't have COVID right now. Let's just be frank. Okay, let, 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 let's move on. Let's let's make a change of pace here. Uh, Joe Blystone is a leading candidate for governor in Ohio. He is in second place in basically every poll, and he has been ordered to return more than $100,000 in campaign donations. I haven't been on board with Blystone for a few months now. I was to begin with. Renee C. ran. I realized more about Blystone that I don't like, and I unendorsed Blystone. I did temporarily endorse Blystone. I actually plan on endorsing him again to fill this fill this position on my endorsement slate, which is going to be coming out soon, hopefully. 
But now, I believe more than ever in the theory, and I'm going to lose some of you here. I'm going to lose some of you uh, with this theory, but that Blystone is a divine plant. Uh, what's his name? Bob Paduchik said that if Blystone is in the race, DeWine has an easy chance at re-election because the anti-DeWine vote will be split between Renacy, Blystone, and Hood, and Ron Hood. The Ohio Secretary of State's Frank LaRoe's office says Republican Joe Blystone's campaign for governor must refund a total of more than $100,000 in contributions that violate the state's limit on cash donations or ban corporate donations. The flag contribution includes more than $101,000 in donations that exceeded the state's limit of $100 for each contribution made in cash, according to a March 4th letter sent from Brian Katz, finance, campaign finance director for LaRoe's offices. Uh, Katz also wrote that it's necessary for Blystone to refund $1,100 in in-kind contribution from corporations which aren't allowed to donate to Ohio political candidates. The 20-page examination of Blystone's campaign finance reports from 2021 by LaRose's office also found that more than two dozen of other irregularities, including missing, missing information about donors, missing or overly vague descriptions of expenditures and contributions, and an additional $130,000 in contributions may need to be refunded because they have they may have come from corporations. So if what I've heard is true, Blystone has gone to these events and gave speeches. He's put out a tip jar where people can just throw their money in. He filed that as a county donation. So let's say for an example, Licking County donated $1,345. This is an example off the top of my head to Joe Blystone's campaign. When it's the people contributing and just throwing money in his tip jar, which is improper donations. You don't know who donated that money. It could have been a non-American citizen. It could have been a corporation. But they waited so long to investigate this. This claim has been opened for months now. And the only thing that's happened between the DeWine camp and the Blystone camp recently is that whole video of Blystone literally being assaulted by DeWine, being grabbed and pulled off by DeWine, literally assault. And so I think there's a little bit of a breakup there. And I, I'm not go, sub, cool, fully subscribing to the idea that Blystone is a DeWine can, uh, plant to get reelected. I am saying that it is more likely than not at this point. Because now that Blystone's picking up steam, they have campaign ads they can run against Bly, uh, DeWine. They are working on getting them on TV. Now they are a threat to DeWine. Now Blystone is a threat to DeWine. Blystone locked down his business for three months. Uh, Neil Peterson, who is a candidate for independent candidate for governor, who I will probably be supporting in November if DeWine wins the Republican nomination. He never locked down his church. Blystone is a farmer who I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into his farm record. That's just a little impolite. But Neil Peterson is a, a Christian, conservative, proud religious patriot. And I, I'm a little skeptical of DeWine, or not DeWine, I am skeptical of DeWine, but I'm, I, I'm more skeptical of Blystone. I have no problem with Joe Blystone personally, I've never had a conversation with him or an, in, or an interaction with him, unfortunately. But I do know that this is a little skeptical. He has the FBI investigations about abusing campaign staff on his record, he has all of this money being given back to donors, if it's even properly given back. And it's going to be a, a, an interesting race to follow, folks. The, the, it is campaign season very heavily in Ohio because there's a lot of corruption. That's how you know when it's campaign season in Ohio, when we're getting close to the primary, when corruption is being exposed. And I'm going to say it on the record here.
the Ohio Republican Party is the most corrupt state party in the nation in the history of the United States. I'm going to say it, Frank. Because I, I, I have some friends in the Ohio Republican Party who are not going to like that I said that. But it's true. And I'm not endorsing in this race yet, but but Mark Paquita, who I've interviewed, has been exposing this. And I'm only saying this today because I posted a clip to the interview on my TikTok, which you can follow me at GOP Josh. I don't really use it a lot. I just use it to post clips that I can post the link on Twitter because some of the videos are too long for Twitter and it just works. He posted that video everywhere, and I'm very excited about that. He posted his his interview link with the clip everywhere. The clip that I played yesterday on the show, him talking about polling, he shared everywhere, which was pretty awesome. I'm very happy about that. Just want to throw that out there, and if you missed the interview, you know where to go, gopjosh.com slash interviews. I've been trying to get another Senate candidate on. I'm not going to say his name. I've been trying to get him on for months now, since before I had Pukita on. And he will not join my show. He won't answer my emails. So come on. Come on, Senate candidate. You know who you are. Your friends know who you are. Your staff knows who you are. Who's probably listening to this episode because I know a friend of his, of mine that works on his campaign. Answer my emails. Answer my emails. And maybe we'll have you on the show before the primary. When we return, we have a lot to get to today. We are going to talk about the uh, Missouri GOP Senate candidate who is accused of abuse by his ex-wife. Um... Judge Conjanti Brown-Jackson is caught in a contradiction over judicial activism, and Disney is launching a task force to make more gay content for children and families. You can't make this stuff up. This is from Breitbart. We'll be getting to that when we return from the break here on The Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. Like it or not. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. My name is JP Josh. Thank you for tuning in to the second half of the show. Thanks for not leaving over the break. The ex-wife of the top Missouri GOP candidate uh, for Senate is accused of abuse. Or accuses him of abuse. Former Governor Eric Greitens, now leading Republican Senate candidate, was physically abusive and demonstrated such unstable and coercive behavior that steps were taken to limit his access to firearms according to new allegations from his ex-wife revealed in in court records on Monday. A sworn affidavit from Shia Greitens is part of an ongoing child custody dispute in Missouri. A public affairs professor at the University of Texas, she sought divorce from Eric Greitens after a sex scandal, which led to his resignation of governor as governor in June of 2018. She's now asking the court to move the custody case to the Austin area in part to spare her children from renewed public attention as Eric Greitens tries to mount a political comeback. He called the allegations completely fabricated and baseless. I am seeking full custody of my sons, and for their sake, I will continue to pray for their mother and hope that she gets the help that she needs. Uh, he, he said in a statement issued from his Twitter account, his attorney on Monday asked a judge to block an affidavit from public view, saying open access could cause irre, uh, irre, irreparable harm to his reputation and his candidacy. An attorney for Shia Greitens did not respond to a message seeking comment. So, if this is true, if these allegations are true, and I'm not sure if they are, they're pretty believable, but I'm not sure if they are, Eric Greitens needs to drop out immediately. 
we do not need to have a child abuser, a wife abuser, someone who has restricted their access to firearms in the U.S. Senate. That's on any side of the aisle. That's on any beliefs. He can be the most based candidate in the world. And if he abuses children, he should not be in the Senate. I don't think that should be a controversial statement. I don't think that should be something that I have to go on for forever. But he will not drop out. And and Sean Parnell was accused of the same thing. Much better candidate from what I know. And, and he dropped out. And he was a better candidate. He had less evidence against him. Everything. And people are saying, well, she wouldn't have waited so long to say it if it was true. If this is actually true and she wasn't making it up. I, I, I don't believe that. I think it's very possible that she waited so long to... To... Uh, to come out and say it. Because he, he was a powerful political figure. And I hope... I, I really seriously hope that there is not a credible accusation, and this is not a credible accusation against him. I, I really do. I hope he can continue his campaign. Even if I don't agree with him on everything, I, I don't really know much about him, but I really don't want those children to be in that situation. I really hope this accusation isn't true. And because we have a lot to get to today, I do want to move on, but I wanted to just bring that up because I talked about it yesterday a little bit, but I wanted to bring it up today. So moving on, Judge Kajanti Brown-Jackson caught in contradiction over judicial activism. On the one hand, Judge Jackson says she does not believe in judicial activism and will stay within the law. On the other hand, she might say she will not say what the limits are to the unwritten rights that she will later discover as a Supreme Court justice. That was the result of a careful but determined questioning Tuesday by Senator, Senator John Corrin, who probed Judge Jackson's judicial philosophy on the second day of her confirmation hearing at the Senate Judiciary Committee on Tuesday. Cornyn began disarming, <clears throat> sorry, pardon me, disarming fashion, telling the judge that she that he planned to nerd out with her over the obscure matters in legal doctrine. Often senators use such discussion to preen about their own supposed legal expertise on national television. This time was different. Corrin asked Judge Jackson what about the Supreme Court's past decision on gay marriage uh, when it discovered a right that was not explicitly written in the Constitution and superseded dozens of state laws for and against. He revisited Judge Jackson's approach to judicial activism, and the nominee reiterated that her approach to, work as, to her work as a judge, she left public policy decisions to the legislature and stayed within the bounds of the law and judicial precedent. I never actually thought about that. What, what, what Judge, or not Judge, but Senator Corrin said is that the Supreme Court is just supposed to uphold the Constitution. The Supreme Court is just, a, is, is just supposed to Say this is allowed or this isn't. Roe v. Wade is is legislating from the bench. Uh, the the gay marriage case is legislating from the bench. Uh, he, but when Cornyn questioned her further about the doctrine of substantive due process, substantive due process, the idea that the Constitution incorporates rights that it does not actually uh, enumerate explicitly, Judge Jackson seemed flummoxed by his qu- queries. On the one hand, she defined the idea that the Constitution would incorporate rights that were part of a common tradition. On the other, she could not answer why. If, tradition, if traditional marriage was part of that cultural tradi- tradition, it is somehow excluded. Senator Corrin continued pointing out that the same discretion that the judges used to find new rights in some cases could be abused in other cases. He referred to the notorious Dred Scott case upholding slavery, slavery 
She seemed to not follow his argument. So the senator tried again what other uh, enumerated rights are out there. Um, Judge Jackson was evasive, saying the question was hypothetical. Corrin noted that while she uh, purported to to oppose judicial activism, she set no boundary for it. Judge Jackson is a dangerous justice. She she is a justice who shouldn't, or judge, she's a dangerous judge who should never step foot in the Supreme Court or any body of law, especially one that high up, especially that one that important. If you have the belief that, if you have the belief that the judge, the Supreme Court can just say whatever they think and that's law. It's not their job. There's a reason it's a small body. There's a reason that it's meant to only uphold the Constitution. And and not believing that should disqualify you from the bench. And I could say a lot about her, but I'm really not going to go into that now. We, we've said that days and days and days now. We're going to let the other news talk for itself. Like Disney, who is launching a task force. Sorry if you turn my computer notification. Launching a task force to make more gay content for children and families. Wow, wow, wow. A groveling Disney CEO, Bob Chapek, on Monday told employees the company should have condemned Florida's parental rights and education bill that blocked the teaching of sexuality and transgender ideology to students in kindergarten through third grade. Speaking 24 hours before Munich's plan, mutinous staff planned to walk out during a day-long strike. A virtual town hall for employees was used by management to stem internal strife at Disney. The company's chief executive continued to apologize and shifted its public statements about the legislation which critiques falsely call they don't say gay bill. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Disney Parks Experiences and Products is committed to creating experiences that support family values for every family and will not stand for discrimination of any form. We oppose any legislation that infringes on basic human rights and stand in solidarity and support our LGBTQIA plus cast and crew and Imagineers and fans who make their voices heard every single day. Also Disney, four Disney employees arrested in Florida human trafficking child predator sting. Kind of interesting there. Children, and this should not be controversial, children should not be taught gender and sexuality ideology before the age of ever. They should not be taught an ideology. They should be taught facts. They should be taught that people who identify as LGBTQ are statistically are statistically more likely to have a mental disability or a mental issue or, or, or something to that effect. They should be taught that children who are born into these families, who have two parents of either dad or mom, two, two of each, are missing out on a key part of the child experience by having both parents who are unique and can teach different things to the child. Some things a mother can't teach, some things a father can't teach, Having two of each doesn't matter. They should be taught basic biology, that a man is a man and a woman is a woman. There are only two genders. That shouldn't be a controversial statement. And this don't say gay bill is nothing like it. The word gay is not in the bill anywhere. You can't, you, you, the bill does nothing. Besides says that teachers mix who, who put MX on their shirt with she, her pronouns can't go into the classroom and say, I'm gay, and everyone here should be gay. You're all gay now in your child's kindergarten class. I think this bill should be expanded. 
I think it should be expanded to every state legislature nationwide. And I also think that it should be for K through 12. I don't think that's a mature enough audience. Any audience is mature enough to talk about that on a classroom level without being considered indoctrination. What do you think? Let me know. And I do want to know your thoughts on this. Go to anchor.fm slash the conservative crusader slash message or GOP Josh, uh, my email, josh at gopjosh.com. slash show. Click the message button. Send in a message to the show. Let me know what you think. I will play it here on air here on the conservative crusader. That's all we have for today. If you would like some some more news out throughout the day, follow me on social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, or not Facebook, I'm sorry, but just Twitter, um, Instagram, Gab, Getter, Truth, uh, at GOP Josh on the last three, GOP Josh 20 on Twitter and Instagram. Follow me there. Um, and yeah, my name is GOP Josh. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you rate this podcast five stars and stay tuned. Stay tuned.